Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. It's the podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Corinthians. Today is episode 431. Looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. Let's read our passage. For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, broke it, and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper and said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is Paul's first letter to the Corinthian church. It's a letter of correction. He's dealing with problems in the church in Corinth. He had founded the church five years earlier. And now he's heard reports that there's problems in the church. He's received a letter from them asking some questions, actually challenging some of his positions, and he's responding to that. In this section, he's talking about the Lord's Supper, and it seems that he's heard reports about what's going on in the Lord's Supper. We started that last episode when we looked at what's going on, what the problem is. So this whole section on the Lord's Supper is in Chapter 11, verses 17 through 34. The first part that we looked at last time, 17 through 22, he lays out the problem. And the problem is the abuse of the poor. It seems that the, the rich people are either gathering separately and eating separately from the poor people or beforehand. But in one way or another, they are excluding poor people from what they are doing or what they are getting and where the poor people don't even get enough for a full meal, where the rich people who got there earlier, they've eaten more than enough. And so you have this inequity going on, where these rich people, it seems, are just there for a party and a big meal. And there's a inequity and an abuse of the poor people and a loss of what really is going on with the Lord's Supper. They've just turned it into party time. So he laid out the problem last time. This time, verses 23 through 26, he's going back to what is the Lord's Supper. Next time, we'll look at verses 27 to 32, and then he'll give kind of a, a so what, now what, as far as, okay, you've looked at the basics of the Lord's Supper, so what's the bottom line there? Then in the next section, uh, verses 33, 3 and 34, he's going to go back to the problem in Corinth and give a so what about that. So today we're looking at recap of the tradition of the Lord's Supper. And it said back in verse 2, I can praise you because you have kept the traditions that I gave you. Now he's saying, but not in this case. So back in verse 17, where he said, I do not praise you when I give you this instruction. So this is a tradition that he is not praising them in. Now he's going back and reviewing, and this is the tradition I gave you. So verse 23, for I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. So he's reviewing, this is what I told you, and I received it from the Lord. Now other places he talks about receiving things from the Lord, where he's talking about the straight gospel itself and his commission from the Lord, where he talks about receiving that from the Lord. He's talking about direct revelation from God, direct revelation from Jesus on the road to Damascus, 
I don't think he means that here, where he doesn't mean Jesus himself told me about the Lord's Supper. It's a, a well-known tradition in the church. So I think when he says, I received this from the Lord, passed on to you, he's talking about the church tradition. Church tradition that he learned through the tradition of the church, and then he taught them that tradition of the church. So it's from the Lord, but not directly via the tradition of the church. And now he reviews in verse 23 what the Lord's Supper is. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now we have four renditions of the Lord's Supper. Mark and Matthew are very close together. Just a few words difference in their account of the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper. Where Luke and Paul, there's a little bit difference. As you read through them, it's not a big difference, but just in wording. Luke and Paul are much more closer together with each other. So there's a, some slight difference, but overall they're all saying the same thing. And so he's going through the, the rendition of the account in the Gospels of the Last Supper. So the night when he's betrayed, well, that's going back to the night of the Last Supper when Judas betrayed Jesus. He said, the Lord Jesus took bread, and when he given thanks, broke it. They were celebrating the Passover meal, and part of what was done at the Passover meal was the family got together, and the head of the family would give a blessing, give thanks for the food, and then take the bread and break it and distribute it. Now, it's not anything magic in breaking the bread. Breaking bread just refers to that you start off with a loaf of bread, and you have to break it into pieces to give each person a piece of it. So he gave thanks for the meal, he distributed the bread, and then he says, this is my body, which is for you. Now, when he says this is my body, he basically means this represents my body. He does not mean that this bread physically is my body, because when he said it, his body was right there in front of them. So what he means is this represents my body. And what was going to happen? Well, his body was about to go hang on a cross, and he was going to die. So he's referring to his death, which is about to happen, as his body is hung on a cross. And the bread represents his body. Specifically, which is for you. And there he's talking about the atonement. That his death is a substitutionary death to pay the penalty of sin and atone for our sin, so we can be reconciled with God. And he has this command, do this in remembrance of me. There's a couple ways to understand this. They're very close. There's not a, fine, a big difference between these two. One is, when he says, do this in remembrance of me, he means talking about actually remembering. Remember what Jesus has done. But then there's also the idea of doing this as a memorial to Jesus. A lot of times the uh, the Bible speaks of memorials. Things are just long-term standing memorials that are always speaking of something. You know, stones are set up as a memorial. So anybody goes by, sees that memorial, and, and commemorates what has happened. So it's a memorial to what Jesus has done as far as his substitutionary death. And it's also a, a challenge for us to bring to remembrance 
what Jesus has done. That is, that he died on a cross for our sins so that we can experience reconciliation with God. Then in verse 25, in the same way, also he took the cup after supper and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So the cup, and this is another part of the Passover meal. You have bread, you have other things in the Passover meal, but then the cup. And it would have been a cup of wine. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Well, the new covenant speaks of Jeremiah 31.31, where the prophet Jeremiah says, look, the days are coming. This is the Lord's declaration when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. This one will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors on the day I took them by the hand and led them out of the land of Egypt. He goes on to describe a little bit more, but the new covenant that Jeremiah looked ahead to, I said, it's not like the old covenant. The old covenant was the covenant Mount Sinai with Moses. Part of the remembrance of that was the Passover meal, which every year each family would gather and celebrate the Passover meal together, in which they went through a a liturgy. And part of it was to remember, to talk about what had happened, how God had rescued the Israelites from Egypt and brought them to the promised land and given them the Mosaic covenant, where it was the sacrificial covenant, the the blood of the sacrifice to cover the sins of the people. The new covenant is going to be different than that. One says the covenant is going to be written on their hearts. And Jesus is saying, and my blood is the blood of that sacrifice which ratifies this new covenant, the new covenant that Jeremiah spoke about. So part of the Lord's Supper is recognizing the blood of Jesus is the new covenant. And then the challenge for the remembrance. Do this as often as you drink it. So that's a reminder. This is an on, it's not something you do once. It's something you do on an ongoing basis. And every church has their own tradition. How often do you celebrate the Lord's Supper? Some churches do it every week. Some do it once a month. Some do it once a quarter. It's not told how often to do it, but we're just told to do it on a regular basis. And when we do it, we do it in remembrance. It's a standing memorial to what Jesus has done and to specifically bring to remembrance what Jesus has done. Then Paul closes out this section in verse 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Here's given a purpose. This is the purpose of the Lord's Supper, to proclaim the Lord's death. Not to remind you, you know, Jesus is dead, but why? Jesus died. Jesus died as the sacrifice for sin, to pay the penalty of sin, to bring about new life in the new covenant, in reconciliation with God. That's what the Lord's Supper is about, to proclaim this. And notice, until he comes, even looking ahead to when he returns, we're in this section of time now, Jesus has come, Jesus has ascended to heaven, but Jesus is going to come back and and fully bring to completion the kingdom of God. And so we're looking ahead to that. We will continue to do this until that. That's the purpose of the Lord's Supper. What Paul's getting at here is 
That's not what you guys are doing. You're not commemorating the death of Jesus. You're not remembering the death of Jesus. You're having a party. Because part of what comes out of what Jesus has done is the one body of the body of Christ, that we are all one body. We are unified. Part of the background of celebrating the Lord's Supper is celebrating the unity that we all have in Christ. And by segregating yourselves into the the haves and haves-nots, you're you're violating that idea of unity. So you're, you're abusing the poor, but you're also abusing the Lord, abusing the remembrance of the Lord. So this is the tradition that Paul brings up. He already talked about the problem. The problem is you're abusing the poor. Now the tradition, tradition is remembrance of the Lord, remembrance of what the Lord has done and what it means. Next time we'll look at the so what. What are we supposed to get out of this tradition that he's just reviewed? And then after that, we'll look at the so what. What now about the church in Corinth are you supposed to be taking away from this? Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Corinthians.